Welcome to the podcast, The Common Bridge with Richard Helpy. Rich is a successful entrepreneur in the technology, health, and finance space. He and his wife, Leslie, are also philanthropists with interest in civic and artistic endeavors, but with a primary focus on medically and educationally underserved children. My name is Brian Kruger, and from time to time, I'll be the moderator and host of this podcast. And Brian, one of the things that has inspired me to begin looking for solutions is looking at partisan party politics um, as a solution. And it's real clear that's not the answer. Uh, the If you look at w- the behavior of the two major parties, um, it proves the adage that people get really good at what they do a lot of. And what are they really good at? They're really good at attacking the other side, at, you know, m- arcane rules, okay, procedure, process. Um, They're really good at manipulating the media uh, echo chamber. And so the question I pose to people just to see the reactions is, do you really think electing, you know, in any one of the number of uh, the opposing party candidates versus the current uh, party, you know, candidate, is that really going to change things? And, and I think about this, apparently, one of the qualifications to run for president from a, in, from a major party in 2016 required one to be delusional. Awesome. No, no, well, look, you, you laugh, but it's a serious matter, although it's painfully funny, in that, think about this. On the day you're inaugurated to office, arguably the most powerful job in the world, one might think humbled by the awesomeness of the responsibility, the nuclear codes, the leadership in the world, 300 million people plus billions around the world. You really want to talk about the crowd size outside and whether it's bigger, smaller, or this. I mean, really? It, it, it's just it's delusional. And then look what the other choice was. We have a person there. Okay, some might say visionary. Because this, the other major party had a candidate that saw sniper fire in Bosnia that no one else saw, uh, saw a vast right-wing conspiracy at another time, saw Russians colluding with her opponent. Um, you know, Lord knows, maybe she believed the Steele dossier. And in recent days, sees a Russian agent in one of the uh, candidates for her own party's nomination. Now, come on. Um, is that really the solution inside those parties uh, that one of those structures has the answer? It's our government. They need to be working on solutions for us, whether it's infrastructure, education, security, immigration, health care, um, uh, uh, gun policy. They're not addressing the problem, and they're not addressing it because we're letting them, and we're reacting to the um, media manipulation uh, to get eyeballs. It's, it's become a straight-out fight of, of uh, attack the speaker, attack the person. Attack the speaker. And another f- interesting phenomena is, um, and, and this is true of uh, both polls, is there's a checklist of ideological purity and anyone that ha- has a 
position that doesn't check every box or perhaps checks another box, boom, don't talk to them anymore. Right. Which I remember vividly, I may not agree with what you say, but I'll defend to the death your right to say it. And we're to be manipulated into not discussing things with each other, I, I think it's probably the most dangerous thing that we're dealing with as a country today. I was disappointed in the last uh, debate where uh, Kamala Harris uh, suggested to take down Trump's Twitter feed. And she, could she get some support to, to stop his ability to communicate? Now, Trump says some crazy stuff on Twitter every day. You cringe. You look at it and you go, my God, this guy's leading our country. This is nuts. But to take his, to, to have the solution be, let's silence him, scares the living daylights out of me. And that seemed to be an okay thing to talk about on that stage that night. Yeah, and, and from that side of the aisle, that is frankly par for the course. Um, and yeah, I, I like having the president come out and say things. And uh, here's another exercise that I'd recommend people do. When they get a report, the president said X, Y, and Z. Go to the original source. Take a look at it. And see, because a lot of it. it is, is <laughs> it's a conclusory statement. Yeah. And when you dig into it, it's like, ah, oh, I didn't really say that. And that's the thing I don't get is we have a, a, a president that was not prepared for the job, uh, does not appear to want to become prepared for the, to, to become prepared to execute the job and has some obvious massive personal issues. Right. I mean, this, that's what we have. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and by the way, we were bound to get one of those anyway, <laughs> given the choices we had. <laughs> yeah. But that's what we have. And I'm just curious why the echo chamber can't just let that story play out. Yet the, their behavior and the behavior of the opposing party has been so horrible, it masks the, the deficiencies that we have in the present, it's kind of like this race to the bottom. Mm -hmm. it, it it makes no sense to me. That should be more depressing than who's running is is how this is being handled. It's oh, it, 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 it's sad. It is, <laughs> and I mean, and the thing is that w w when we get handed the latest hysteria and outrage, um, and I said this in sixteen when it all started, I said eventually what's going to happen? People are going to turn it off and not listen, mm -hmm. and that's exactly what's happened. Yeah, and I think what, what yeah when that happens, you're going to get the side of the aisle that that uh, historically doesn't come out to vote will not come out to vote in the numbers they need to take that uh, back that take their uh, uh, the White House back for them next fall. And I think what will happen is uh, the incumbent is going to win by a landslide because they they can't. If you're going to attack the person, uh, I don't think Trump's base is moving. Um, and if you're not coming up with solutions, that side isn't going to come out in the numbers they need to come out and vote. I think Trump could probably get impeached and still win by a landslide. Well, he's going to get impeached. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a uh, low probability business to be in <laughs> forecasting results of elections. Um, but but I, I, I tend to be a little more optimistic in that. I believe eventually we'll get better government with the proviso that we demand it. You know, as Winston Churchill said, that Americans will always do the right thing after they've tried everything else. <laughs> and so, right. I, or something to that effect. Something to that yeah, effect. That, right. uh, uh, so I, I think that we'll get there, um, but I think it's up to us as a citizenry to demand that they drop the R's, they drop the D's, they drop the I's and G's and 
everybody, every other letter, mm. and they work on policy, all right, and not blame the other side, uh, not try to steal all the credit, um, you know, just try to address the issues factually. But you're going to wipe out this whole um, uh, money-making media uh, uh, machine that speaks to both sides and gets them all riled up if you do something like that. So there's one more positive byproduct, <laughs> all right? That is, um, I, want but, to, I want to backtrack on something um, because you and I both grew up in an era where um, it appeared that the right was trying to squelch free speech um, for, from uh, student demonstrations and such. Well, now we're flipped completely around and it seems that the left is now, uh, uh, whether it's on college campuses or right there on the stage of uh, the Democratic um, uh, debates, uh, squelching uh, uh, free speech. And, it, and, and that's alarming to me. How, how did that happen? Well, it's, uh, it's clearly alarming. Um, and again, Brian, what I believe is that we have a country made up of compassionate generous people and that's proven every day um, most people are going about their daily lives okay are not interested in being part of a group or a subgroup uh, they're not being told they need to think this way or that way because of their you know age race gender uh, orientation uh, whatever okay you know how can you think that because you're a this um, yeah yeah so I think that those um, classifications, that division, is really a, it, it is a product of that um, media echo chamber, and it's a product of um, a political system that has not talked about uniting, but has, has talked about um, dividing. Mm -hmm. And the thing that scares those kinds of political establishments more than anything is people talking to each other. Yeah. And and so well, it's a program like this, right? It's like, let's just open the doors. Right. And, the, and, and so this is the we're, we're we've got these tools uh, today um, to communicate. It doesn't have to be filtered through um, an editorial board. Um, it doesn't have to be um, you know, condensed and reduced to 17 minutes of national news, um, you know, to to create a certain view. Um, you know, the if you think about things like the Vietnam War, um, where many analysis will say that our military forces won every battle on the ground, mm -hmm. but we lost it at home because after the Tet Offensive, uh, the it was reported that you know we we, we were losing. Although at the end of the Tet Offensive, the North Vietnamese thought that was it. They thought they had lost. Yeah. Because they had been, it was a, you know, horrible, ferocious um, series of battles. But uh, at the end of it, uh, they had not much left. And yet, you know, the reporting was distilled down to um, it, was a, it was a loss. Mm -hmm. um, but I digress. The, we have these tools to communicate with each other. And... I think we need to respectfully listen to people's viewpoints. Uh, we need to squeeze some of the emotion out of it. And I think we've been um, manipulated into this world. And not, it's not everybody, but people say, if you don't like what this person's saying, shun them. Okay? Don't talk to them anymore. Cut them off of your social media feed. Cut them off of your Thanksgiving dinner. 
um, because if they support candidate A, candidate B, policy C, policy D, they can't. They just can't be a good human being. Mm-hmm. All right, and I think people are more complex than that. Um, so, Rich, Rich, do you think the numbers would would bear you out? I, I think they would. But what, what's your feeling? If you have a pie, would you say it's twenty percent on on both sides that are the the big vocal? If you like him, I don't like you, and and both on both sides. And then, do you think that the mass, vast majority of us in the middle are going, look, let's just find a way to get through this, and let's let's find a solution? Well, I, I wouldn't know a scientific number, um, but my gut. sense is it's not even twenty percent. Really, yeah, it's a vocal ten percent amplified through media models that are under stress. And um, look at two examples recently. The um, editor of the New York Times uh, coming out and saying, our job is to take down this administration. That's okay? amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And that we got off this Russian story, and now we're moving on to new attack surfaces. Um, similarly, the president of CNN, all right, markets themselves as, quote, news, yet they've said, no, we're taking a partisan view, partisan position. This is what we're doing. Um, and so dangerous territory, but I'll, I'll say this, uh, the origins of the um, Mueller probe, okay, I still want to know, how did this all start? And Today, we don't have an answer, and we're seeing a reaction of it looks like we're trying to get some facts out. Why can't we just examine the facts? And yet it seems like, well, wait a minute. It, if they might catch my person or you know my side, then I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. But if it might harm, quote, the other side, then I do want to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and I see that the um, you know, media arms are quick to condemn. And they're quick to clear depending on th- who is doing it, not what's being done. Yeah. Um, I, again, I think this all you asked about freedom of speech, freedom of expression. I think this all ties in. Um, and, you know, I find that there are, you know, more people that right now, you know, believe in Bigfoot than they do believe that someone um, from the, a different political persuasion might be a decent human being. Mm-hmm. And that's that to me is a sad take. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I think this was uh, last week. Uh, a couple of the news, I think it was CNN and, and MSNBC, uh, cut off the president uh, in a couple of remarks he was making, and then said on the air, "We're not going to we're not going to run this any further because he's not telling the truth." And whether or not that's true or not, um, I found it interesting that a that a news outlet was going to tell the viewer. Uh, whether or not somebody was telling the truth. Uh, in other words, they became the filter. They became the no. Yeah, the, right, they, right. They censored it because it didn't fit the media narrative. Yeah. And they're, that's, that's alarming to me. Yeah, yeah, they're becoming more bold about that. Um, and actually, I watched Mark Zuckerberg uh, this morning on television um, struggling with where he is as a uh, company, um, this open social media platform that, you know, could be abused. Mm-hmm. And... When you think about policies that could address that, uh, one of the clear um, answers, I think, uh, lies in uh, antitrust, Um, that if people understood a little bit about what's happening to their information and the profile, they would be horrified, all right, that 
um, the, the companies like Facebook, Google, um, Amazon, mm-hmm. Apple, some of our outlets. Yeah, they need to be. Um, they need to be broken into smaller companies I totally agree. that compete with each other. <laughs> yeah. Period. Yeah. And uh, I, I think our, our very freedom's at stake. Brian, let me uh, – my background is in computer systems, right? And I was uh, writing computer code uh, way back. <laughs> and uh, the first job I had was with a company that did direct mail. And so this is now over 40 years ago. That's all I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> and it, there it is, folks. It, yeah. It, it's, uh, and, and the company bought um, automobile registration lists from various states. They bought subscription lists to magazines. They bought census tract data um, because they wanted to profile. The Kruger household um, had an interest in um, uh, fast cars. Mm-hmm. had an interest in uh, hunting, mm-hmm. um, and were in an area with a particular um, income profile, all right? Mm-hmm. And that's so they could direct advertising sure. I- into that. Yeah. Today, it's down to the individual. Your microphone's on, and they heard you saying, I broke my sunglasses. And, well, how did this ad for sunglasses get here? Um, it's those kinds of things that are in need of legislation, and I know my friends that don't don't like the word regulation aren't going (laughs) to like that, but um, the the law and the legal system has always trailed technology. And now we have technologies that weren't contemplated uh, that we need to address. And I think that antitrust is the best avenue for doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, also, uh, citizens' bills of rights about what can happen to your information, how long can it be stored, um, and, and uh, more explicit permissions and more explicit opt-ins. Um, the yeah, good news- I, th- I think that's the key because you, you can be looking at the at the web today or just just kind of googling around, taking taking a look at. Uh, Anything you want today, and that cookie is being traveled, and, and it's showing exactly what you looked at, and then aiming advertising at those particular right. Spots and, and so it, in real time, it, if I could, this, this may sound like an advertisement. It's not meant to. I have no commercial interest in this, but I've been using a search uh, tool called DuckDuckGo. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so DuckDuckGo says we can build a model if you're looking for you know home air conditioners while you're in that session. We might go out and bring you an ad for home air conditioners, mm-hmm. right? But we're not keeping the fact that you were looking for home air conditioners um, stored so that we can start showing you other appliances. You know, maybe you're doing a remodel or something exactly like that. exactly what their competitors are doing. And though. exactly what yeah. their competitors are doing. The yeah. competitors remember that a year ago um, you, you, you were searching for something. And I, I was uh, just on my social media news feed, and I got an ad – for this weird harness thing. And I didn't even know what it was. And I, I'm like, hmm, that is, I didn't, wasn't sure what it was. And I kind of, you know, I didn't want to click it. And I so I expanded it a little bit. <laughs> and it was a uh, mountain climbing gear um, for a petite woman. And I realized that I have a, one of my daughters is an avid mountain climber. And right around Christmas time, I would, what do you want on your Christmas list? Wow. I would, and so it knew about this time of year, I would go shopping for this 
really specialized mountain climbing equipment. Not only what you wanted, but the time of year you exactly. wanted. Exactly. Those are some breadcrumbs. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, and and I had no idea. And then it finally, oh, this is what they're doing, you know, about mm-hmm. the beginning of November, mm-hmm. the last three years in a row, I bought uh, something that, you know, and it's, it's just at a level where they need to have uh, a really specific type of gear. Sure. So, which I know nothing about. Um, but the fact that they knew that and, and um, were, were serving it up to me, I thought was pretty amazing. Yeah. But 40 years ago, Richard Helpy would have went, you know, okay. Because you know, we're, we're picking whatever we could out of, you know, what you were doing back then. You know, right. You know, this is the only thing that's available to us, <clears throat> excuse me, to make that work. Um, but now it's uh, it's on steroids. It's 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 incredible what they can what, what they can track for you. Right. I'm not looking, Brent. I'm not sure we're getting any place in terms of um, uh, solutions here. In uh, but I, I think it, it comes down to people need to feel empowered to state their opinions without fear, and that's without fear of their coworkers, uh, particularly their employer, um, their family, uh, their friends, um, and the, uh, you know, other people they might interact with. And I think we, we start there and then we demand of the political and the um, media groups that they respect what other people say. And I really don't want to be partisan at all. Um, And one of my bona fides for that is I did not support either major party in 2016. Mm -hmm. And in the years past, I've supported both and independents and and the like. So, but it was really troubling when the candidate for the highest office in the land from one of the two major parties depicted a very large group of Americans as, quote, deplorables. Mm-hmm. This was not off the cuff at the end of a long road trip. Uh, this was not in response to being frustrated. This was a planned applause line in a stump speech that was delivered twice at least before it made it was the uh, the news. Maybe it was three times. But that s- attempt to silence and shame people has to stop. And we as a people have to quit rewarding those folks who want to divide and categorize mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. like that. Well, we see that coming out of the White House, too. I mean, it comes swinging hard sometimes. Uh, uh, trying just to punch back at somebody, oh. you know, and, and, and that needs to stop. It, it, look, at the, 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 the presidency is a very powerful job, and um, I would desperately like to see a diplomat in the office or someone, you know, with, with diplomatic skills. And can you imagine a properly motivated president saying, you know what, we're going to Camp David, and we're going to go in there, and we're going to negotiate – Immigration. And when you look at the immigration bills that have been brought forward um, by uh, Bush 43, uh, uh, by Obama, um, there's not a material difference 
Um, they all have the same things in them, all right? We're going to secure the borders, all right? We're going to have a guest worker program. We're going to have a path to citizenship for the people that are here. Um, and we're going to give uh, preference when somebody gets an advanced degree. They're we're going to, you know, as many of the polls have said, we're going to staple a green card to that diploma. Mm-hmm. They all have that in there. Um, in the uh, re-election cycle of uh, uh, 2010, um, that, that deal was close to getting done. Um, By bar- and, and with bipartisan support. It, with bipartisan support, yeah. and it collapsed on a weird combination of the left wing of the Democratic Party whose unions did not want to see that go through and the right wing of the Demo- of the Republicans who said, hey, it's, it's amnesty, all right? It, if to the 12 million or more people that are here, mm-hmm. um, you know, giving them a pathway to citizenship, uh, which wasn't an easy path, by the way. It was right. learn English. It was, you know, have a clean record. It was, you know, all mm-hmm. the things that you're Seem to make sense to me. Sure. Um, Take a basic civics course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like, okay, it made sense, and it collapsed because a midterm election, they found it was a wedge issue. Mm-hmm. And I think as a citizenry, if we can say, I don't want to hear how you're dividing us. I don't want to hear whose side you're on. I want to know what solutions you're working on. Talk to me about how you view healthcare working. Period. Yeah. Okay. Talk to me about what we need to do about firearms. Period. What do we need to do about student debt? All right. Um, What do we need to do about immigration, border control, et cetera? So so I'm going to address the the cynical uh, portion of, of Richard Helpy. Um, we're a year out from the election. Do you think that there's a candidate? Do you think? That, do you think there's a road for a candidate out there right now uh, to come up, a Bloomberg or somebody to come up now out of the blue and be that candidate? What you just talked about and said, look, we're going to take all that stuff off to the side, but let's talk about the solutions here. Do you think it's possible, or do you think that both sides of the media are going, no, no, you're not one of us, and you're not one of us? So, or will it take somebody like a Bloomberg who can fi- who can finance the whole thing himself? Uh, well, again, um, given that the potential to be right about a political <laughs> prognostication <laughs> is about, you know, 5%, maybe. But um, I do like hearing about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, it's possible. And I, I think that the um, scenario really will play out in the early primaries. And if... One of the, um, you know, second-tier Democrat candidates, uh, uh, Gig um, or uh, Gabbard, um, uh, does well, um, or in fact wins that Iowa primary, mm-hmm. um, and doesn't even have to be the same one, similarly competes well or wins in New Hampshire, um, uh, Yang potentially, all right, uh, that... I think that's where uh, the door gets cracked open. You think so? Yeah. I, look, I don't think Joe Biden will be the nominee. I don't think so either. Now, what about um, Bernie Sanders? He recently had some health issues, and then he, he was endorsed by AOC, which I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing for him. 
Um, where does he fit into this? I, I think Bernie was a, a great candidate in 2016 um, because there was a pivot from the establishment of both parties. Um, on the Republican side, they all were licking their chops for the opportunity to run against what they viewed as a very beatable Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. And uh, Trump, if you remember those early primaries, was taking 20, 25% of the vote. But they were winner-take-all primaries, and he amassed such a delegate lead uh, that he, he became unstoppable, and the other many really good candidates just you know, couldn't sustain um, uh, a campaign. Um, Bernie Sanders also appealed to that, uh, uh, you know, backlash against the uh, party establishments mm -hmm. in 2016. Um, and frankly, I gave a lot of support to Bernie. What meager support I did give was to, to uh, Bernie Sanders. And not that his solutions were great, but his agenda was right. He went to health care, education, immigration, and he had proposals. And when he was asked, would he invoke some of this by executive order, his answer was, of course not. I would tell people to write to their congressmen and, and, and see if they support what I'm saying. We'd get the best deal we could. Well Which, done. <laughs> yeah. And so like, it's like, okay, I'm, you know what? Tee it up and uh, try to get to decent legislation. Now, in 2020, I think that ship has sailed. Um, and Do you think because of his age and health or the message? Both. Okay. Uh, yeah, and, and I think less his age and his health. I, I just think that we've had the disruptive election. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a uh, disruptive uh, person in the White House right now. And the, you know, switching from, you know, one brand of disruption to another it, I, I just don't think it's a winning hand at all. And frankly, you know, in view of everything else we have going on and all the agitation in the country today, um, people are feeling pretty good about their personal prosperity. And uh, there's a lot of attack surface on Bernie against a candidate like Trump um, as far as uh, what's going to happen to the economy? Mm -hmm. So no, so no. Long answer there. I don't think um, he's a candidate for 2020. Although I, again, I admire his uh, his messaging. I admire his um, ability to you know listen to his own conscience. I mm -hmm. admire his ability to um, you know to really connect with people. Um, I just don't think he's the candidate for 2020. I see. Um... Yeah, so so and you'd brought up some of, of the younger candidates on on the left side, um, and, and you think that if they can have a, a good showing in Iowa and New Hampshire, not one or the other, or if it's going to be one or the other, it has to be New Hampshire, not Iowa, right? Because that seemed to have sunk. Um, I forget what it was in two thousand and sixteen. You can have a good showing in Iowa, but if you don't repeat it in New Hampshire, you have a little bit of trouble. But if you do it the other way around, you're still viable. Well, I, I just think that. Right now, you have a um, a narrative that says we have these establishment candidates at mm -hmm. the top, a um, uh, a really flawed candidate and former Vice President Biden, um, who, um, to the objective viewer, looks a lot like Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. um, if you start pulling sound bites, things that he said um, over the years, they're going to put them side by side. They're not going to look a lot different. Mm -hmm. um, but who has some bona fides in the upper Midwest that that could work?
then you have two sitting U.S. senators, okay? Uh, then you have um, uh, two sitting U.S. senators who have just stumbled in, in their candidacies uh, in Harris and Booker. Um, and, and now you're into, you know, people that actually, you know, might be able to appeal. Um, that are they the strongest candidates that were in the field? Um, I don't think so. I think that the really strong candidates have kind of gone by the wayside. Um, but uh, if those second-tier candidate, candidates, the Yangs, the Buttigiegs, uh, Gabbards, um, win in the early primaries, I think you're going to see a panic in the uh, media and you're going to see a panic in these um, establishment um, ranks. Uh, they're the, they're going to have to start attacking those candidates. And if you see what's happened with Gabbard and Clinton lately, <laughs> that that attack has just elevated her profile. Yeah, somehow Gabbard became a spy, as you were mentioning earlier. Yeah, she, indeed. She's a Russian spy. Yeah, yeah indeed. So um, <laughs> and it takes a special eye to see that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, indeed. Did. Rich, thanks for, uh, for sitting down. You have been listening to Richard Helpy's Common Bridge podcast. Recording and post-production provided by Stunt3 Multimedia. All rights are reserved by Richard Helpy. For more information, visit richardhelpy.com.